From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. It's time for the latest local, regional, and national sports topics of the day. It's the Sports Fan, presented by J&K Contracting. Ready? Now, from the WATH studios, here's Carl Blaylock. Hi, hello, 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 and welcome into the WATH studios. Carl Blaylock with you. We'll have Jacob Mata and... Russ Eisenstein, the voice of the Bobcats, join us in just a second here. Uh, quickly, I mean, we got a lot to get to today. Uh, quick overview of what's happened on the trade market. Uh, Rich Hill and G-Man Choi have gone to the Padres from the uh, Pirates. Brad Hand is a Brave. Uh, Josh Robertson ended up uh, a Cub. I don't know how big of a trade that is, actually. Uh, Paul DeJung, that's a big one. He's going to Toronto from St. Louis. The biggest trade of the day, the Mets are completely blowing it up. They've traded Justin Verlander for Drew Gilbert and Ryan Clifford, two prospects there. Michael Lorenzen got traded to the Phillies. Andrew Chafin from the Brewers uh, to the Brewers from the Diamondbacks. Uh, Jake Berger to the Marlins. Uh, the Rangers got Austin Hedges and Jack Flannery to the Orioles from the Cardinals. There's a few other ones uh, coming in as the trade deadline just a few minutes ago. And uh, Russ, you're a uh, you're a Brewers fan, which I was surprised to hear. Uh, what do you think about the deal for Chafin and yesterday with uh, uh, Kayon? Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, it's interesting because the the Brewers um, in a division uh, that is very winnable uh, for a rotation that has been decimated by injuries, uh, they're still in it, and they're in it with a uh, marginal offense. And so uh, acquiring uh, a couple of different bats, uh, you know, Carlos Santana uh, and getting uh, Mitch Canna, uh, who uh, not long ago was uh, the pride of the Oakland A's, uh, I think was good. And we'll see where it goes. You know, I, I think that lineup needed a little bit more thump uh, to get where they've gotten to with the lineup that they have is pretty remarkable. And you could point to Craig Council being one of the best managers in the game. To be able to piece it together and make it work. And and five through nine in their lineup has just been, you know, kind of kind of pickup sticks, right? You, you've just kind of made it work, made it happen. And the rotation as decimated as they've been, um, it, it's been pretty remarkable that they're in this position. And to get Chafin, a Kent State product, it's pretty cool. He's just a grinder. He's a workmanlike guy. Uh, I called some of the games that, that he played in when he played against Ohio. So all in all, um, they did as much as they probably could. But it's an interesting deadline day where you don't have the Yankees acquiring, where you don't have the Padres doing the acquiring that they had been doing. Uh, the Dodgers, what Eduardo Rodriguez said no. Yeah, that w- that was very interesting. And we'll get 
we'll get I mean we'll get to all that because that I mean it's been a really interesting deadline day the Reds only making one move they traded for reliever uh Sam Mull last night from the Oakland Athletics he's a reliable lefty which the Reds need they only had one left-handed uh pitcher in their bullpen I gotta say I guess my view of the Brewers is completely skewed because for whatever reason (laughs) against the Reds that five through nine always works you got Joey Weimer and whoever the random brewer of the month is uh, always always uh hits a bunch against uh, the Reds but luckily the Reds still a game and a half up on the division we'll get to more baseball later but for now let's talk about Bobcat football that's only about three weeks away uh, against San Diego State Uh, Pure Rock 105 will have the coverage that'll start uh, on August 27th at 6 p.m. over on Pure Rock 105 our sister station but it's got to be an exciting year for Bobcat football, especially after what they were able to do last year, making it to Detroit. This is my 16th year as the voice of the Bobcats, and this has to be the most talented, deepest unit that Ohio has had um, in every facet. Now, special teams needs to come along. Uh, I think that that's something that they're working on. But from a, a pure talent standpoint, from a depth standpoint, this is probably the best ball club coming into a season that I've seen as the voice of the Cats. So much so that you've got depth on depth on depth at a bunch of positions here. You have a spoil of riches in a lot of areas. And so I think that that this team is really suited for the schedule it has. And this is the type of schedule in which you can make some noise against teams that have a name to them. San Diego State, Iowa State, FAU, You've got the FCS game in there, too. Um, So I think this is a a perfect non-conference schedule for Ohio to have for the team that they have. This is also the earliest Ohio's ever opened a season. This is the farthest away from home on the mainland that Ohio has ever played. The furthest away on the mainland was Idaho. And uh, if you go the furthest west, um, they played Hawaii before. But on the mainland, San Diego is the furthest away that, that you've ever played uh, from Ohio's perspective. So uh, it's going to be a challenge. It's going to be a lot of fun. At this time, what, three weeks from now, uh, Rob Cornelius and I are going to be on a plane to San Diego. And we're going to spend a couple of days additional out there. We'll do a show out there on that Thursday night. It's just going to be a lot of fun. And, and for good reason, Bobcat fans should be really excited about this team. Absolutely, and I honestly, looking at that schedule, it, it's a schedule that if, and it's a big if, if Ohio can go undefeated, could they sniff a New Year's Six Bowl? So it will depend on um, San Diego State being one or two in the Mountain West. It will depend on Iowa State being middle tier at least in the Big 12. It will depend on FAU doing some work in their first year in the American Uh, Tom Herman's their head coach, former Texas head coach. Daniel Richardson, former Central Michigan quarterback, figures to be their quarterback. So you need to have those types of teams that that hopefully you beat have the year that you hope that they have. So uh, San Diego State needs to have a great season. Iowa State needs to have a turnaround season, be bowl eligible. Um, And then FAU, hopefully that they could have a good season too. So it's not just what Ohio does, but it's what the teams that they hopefully beat do too absolutely how excited are you to go out to uh san diego for i mean i know that's it's an exciting and they just got that uh brand new stadium uh pretty much gut i mean while they 
demolish Qualcomm Stadium, old Qualcomm Stadium, uh, what, what was it, Jack Murphy Stadium, whatever you want to call it, yeah. uh, the old Chargers Stadium. They completely redone it, and I've heard new Snapdragon Stadiums really incredible. Yeah, we're, we're really excited about it. And when I, I uh, gave the idea to Rob about going out there early, we thought, well, it's year 16 together. Let, let's start it off the right way. And he's really good at finding uh, flights and, and, and got us a good flight out there. And I'm not a big fan of flying, uh, but for something like that, going out to Vegas or going out to San Diego, we're really excited. And look, you know, San Diego is a world-class city. I, I've never been there before, but seeing games from Petco, we're going to see the Padres and the Marlins play on that Wednesday afternoon. We're staying in the hotel. There's a Marriott that looks down into the ballpark. So on that night where we're doing the show, hopefully, as long as there's internet uh, accessibility and power, we hope to do that Bobcats Live presented by Steak and Shake uh, from 5 to 6 local time here from the rooftop pool at the hotel that we're going to stay at. We're going to go to the zoo, uh, the gas lamp district, all that. Then the team will get out there. And, and yeah, uh, the stadium looks beautiful. Uh, they do have an issue with shade there. Last year when they opened with Arizona, uh, that was a concern that, that their fans had. And it was really hot, and there wasn't a lot of shade there. And the, the game's going to kick off at 4 o'clock Pacific time. So it would, uh, it would be good if we could get some cloud cover. Uh, but uh, just to the east, the parking lot to the east is where old Jack Murphy and Qualcomm used to be. And San Diego State is a Power 5 level program in an amazing city with a very, very, very passionate fan base. I tweeted about their band yesterday. I'm so excited to hear their band in person. And their band retweeted it. Their fans were liking it. So it's going to be a lot of fun and it's a great game to play. And we're going to cover it hopefully at a Power 5 level way. Absolutely. Looking at uh, Curtis Rourke, obviously last season ended for him uh, with that knee injury. How has he been rehabbing back with that injury, and is he going to be full go at the beginning of the season, you think? He's on schedule um, to be on schedule. Uh, so with an injury that he had, uh, they were talking about, what, seven to nine months uh, for rehab. But he's going through everything. He's taking live drills. He looked good today. Uh, he was putting in some extra work after practice, too. And so um, he figures to be on schedule. And we'll see if he is the starter for the opener. But no matter what, he's going to be back. And uh, I do believe he's gotten taller. Uh, his arm strength is incredible. Uh, he is a quarterback that has next-level potential. But for Bobcat fans, he can run everything that Ohio needs to have run. He could make the decisions, the high IQ, the high character, the veteran leadership that he brings to the table. It is, um, it's really the golden era for Ohio quarterbacks. Going back, Tyler Tettleton and beyond, you know, his brother and, and whatnot. And in fact, Tim Brando had the call of the kind of changeover game. Uh, Timmy B's got the call of the game against San Diego State. Mm -hmm. Well, he was on the call when Ohio played at Purdue. And that was kind of the changeover to the Nathan Rourke era. That was the game that changed it up a little bit. Quentin Maxwell did a really nice job as Ohio's quarterback, too, transferred out, went to a Division II school in, in Pennsylvania. Uh, but Tim Brando had the call on that night. And Tim Brando, hopefully, will see Curtis Rourke at quarterback at San Diego. And if not, talk to C.J. Harris today. Uh, that's a video that we tweeted out, promote this show as well. Um, and C.J.'s got a great mindset. You know, he could have gone somewhere else if he wanted to. But the culture that he's around in this program, he stayed. And so no matter who's a quarterback, uh, Ohio will be just fine.
Speaking of the culture, how is the culture even built up even more as we enter year three of Tim Albin as head coach? It, it's really, it's really something. Uh, Tim's a good man. Uh, he really is a good man, um, and his players love him, and the coaching staff loves him too. You know, if you look at the Power Five level, there's maybe a dozen teams in the country that didn't have an assistant coaching change from a coordinator assistant coach. Ohio didn't have any changes either, right? And so you have continuity on your staff. That means that they're happy with the way things are going. They're happy with the culture that's been built. And if you just take a look at the differences between having a full offseason, a full spring ball, into a full season as a head coach, um, you saw what Tim Albin can do with this team last year. Because, frankly, you looked at just how, how tough it was in his first season. It was hard. Mm-hmm. You know, Frank, through, through uh, health issues and whatever else, and we hope that, that coach is doing okay still, um, you look at the timing that all went down, it was just tough. And so it was a three-win season as a result. But they stayed the course, and they showed that you can turn things around in this league fairly quickly if you got the right guy. Ohio has the right guy, and they got the right players too. And, and, and this is a testament to the culture that Frank Solich built that Tim Albin is continuing. Uh, absolutely. And, I mean, you really got to look at last year. I, I think the the big turning point in last season and possibly in the Tim Albin uh, coaching period was uh, the Fordham game last year. Even though it was an FCS school, I mean, that was a tough FCS opponent. Yeah. And ever since then, you had one little hiccup against Kent State. But after that, you really, you really saw the team really flourish after that. The two-week swing there. The Fordham and then the Kent State. Because remember, that was a, a playoff caliber FCS team. And they did make the playoffs, lost in the first round. Uh, Holy Cross, who Ohio got a transfer out of, um, they and Fordham, top of that league. Really good Patriot League, right? So they found a way to win that game. That was Fordham's game to win. Ohio forced some issues there, and the Bobcats were able to, to win it. You know, Bryce Houston had that uh, uh, turnover touchdown at the end of the game. And then the Kent State game, right? You go to overtime on the road, and at that time, Kent State, that offense, right? They, they put up 700 yards in the game. Uh, but for Ohio to get to overtime in that game, that, that showed us something. After some challenging offensive efforts against Penn State and Iowa State. And so, to your point, the Fordham game and the Kent State game, really helped raise expectations for the rest of the year, and they got to where they wanted to get to based on the results, positively and negatively, in those two weeks. Looking at this year, uh, the FCS opponent this year are the Sharks of LIU. Mm-hmm. Are they on the same level of Fordham, or we get a little bit? We got a little bit of an easier uh, opponent this year. So uh, LIU used to be Division Two CW Post. And LIU kind of merged with them as a school. They used to be the Long Island University Blackbirds. Yes. Uh, who I saw in person. Rob's seen them in person, too. They they have a really interesting backstory. Um, I remember they played in 2012 up in the NCAA tournament against Michigan State up in Columbus. So they, they do have a basketball history. Um, so they changed their, their color scheme. They changed their nickname um, when they became... LIU, this incarnation of them. And they're middle of the pack in their league, uh, the Northeast Conference. And uh, they are not to the level of, of a Fordham, of, of teams in the Valley, of teams in the Big Sky. 
And so with the schedule that Ohio has this year, that's probably the right type of level that Ohio should be playing in an FCS. But remember, you know, Ohio's had some tough runs against the FCS, right? Uh, the, the loss to uh, Duquesne a couple of years ago. So uh, they're not going to overlook anybody, but it is the right size FCS opponent to play. I'm sure they'll be excited to play here. And Ohio's going to have to play well and get things right for MAC play, um, too. And, and that's week two after a long trip to San Diego. So I, I think it's the absolute right time to play that game. Absolutely. Speaking of MAC play, I think one of the most surprising things when I looked at the MAC preseason poll was Kent State, uh, last place in the East, and that's not somewhere you expect the Golden Flashes. Changing coaching staff, right? Their, their former head coach is now a coordinator at Colorado. They had a bunch of transfers leave through the transfer portal, and so I think there's a there's a, a wait and see sort of. Uh, attitude to Kent State. Are they going to continue that flash fast sort of offensive set? Um, the last couple of years is their best in, in the modern era of football at Kent State. And so we'll see where they go. My dark horse in the East, if it's if it's not going to be Ohio, and I think Ohio is the best team in the East for sure. Um, take a look at what Bowling Green can do. Uh, Scott Leffler has done a really good job there to get him to bowl eligibility last season, hard fought loss to Jerry Kill in New Mexico State in the bowl game. I think there are some pieces there to make some noise. Ohio will see them early in MAC play at Doy Perry. Yeah, on the 23rd, uh, that should be a really good game. I was thinking about going that to that game with my dad. I live, I live like 45 minutes away. My dad's an alum. Yeah, come no. on up to the booth. <laughs> yeah, come on up and, and enjoy it from there. I, I'll tell you, Saturday at Doy Perry, I, I really like it. I, I'm a flatlander, as, as you know. I'm, I'm from the Chicagoland area, and, and the flatland landscape I love. And you could roll a bowling ball from BG to Toledo, and I'm sure it would lose no speed. Uh, but I like Doyd Perry's setup. I like the visiting radio booth there. It's better to be there on a Saturday than it is on a midweek night. And so hopefully there will be a lot of Bobcat fans there. And that's the cool thing about this, this season. You've got destinations to go to, San Diego and Florida, if you can make it. But then you've got close-in road games, too. Uh, to Buffalo and, and to BG and, and also to Akron. So it, it should be a really fun year to follow the Cats. I can definitely tell the last time we visited Dwight Perry, you were in the warm uh, warm uh, right. press booth. I was sitting on a cold metal bleachers. Yeah. yeah that Bowling Green, it, it is flat. It is windy. That was one of the most well, that was one of the most miserable games I think I've ever been. But think about that. That was the final game of year one for Tim Albin. And think about where this program is now, this team is now. Because the program, you can have oscillations in a year or two, no doubt about it. Everybody does. Um, but to get it, get it changed and get it right and back to normal in a year's time, oof. <laughs> I remember leaving Doy Perry on that day. And uh, gosh, you, you just kind of felt like, where is this, where's this thing going? Hopefully it gets turned. And boy, did it get turned real quick. Looking at the Mac West, uh, Toledo's up number one in there, but I think interestingly is who number two is Eastern Michigan. Yeah, they, uh, Samson Evans is their running back. Um, I think Chris Creighton's done a really good job there. Uh, he's had more success there than any other head coach um, in the modern history of Eastern Michigan football, and that's that's the toughest spot in in FBS football to be because you've got you know less than ten miles away the University of Michigan. And you got to fight for everything that you get. And so what they've been able to do through facilities and through the winning, 
obviously there are more bowl games now than ever, but they haven't qualified for the bowl games like they have now in their history. Uh, their last MAC title was 1987. Um, so tip of the cap to what Chris Creighton's done. Uh, they've got to find a quarterback, though. And so that's why I think NIU is team two in the league in, in the West. Rocky Lombardi's back. They were absolutely obliterated by injuries last year. And so I, I think NIU can be the two in the West. I think Toledo right now, from a depth perspective, talent-proven perspective, uh, they and Ohio are, are top two in the league. Uh, but Northern in the West, watch out for them because I think that they've got the ability in, in a very important year. Thomas Hammock can't have another year like, like they've had uh last year so so we'll see where they go uh, but they would be the team with the quarterback back in the mix and hopefully they're healthy and we'll see them in DeKalb for their homecoming so my parents will be just below our booth they're at the 50 yard line and and Rob and I will hopefully be calling an Ohio win looking at uh, college football as a whole obviously with all of the conference realignment the Mac doesn't have to worry about that the Mac's had a really strong program uh, and, I mean, the only thing that they've had any questions of is where they going to add. I remember the rumors that Middle Tennessee State might join, uh, but obviously those have passed. But out west with the Pac-9 at this point now, after Colorado, USC, and UCLA all leaving, what do you think about what the landscape of college football is going to be? Obviously, you know, those decisions are being made on what the future of the Pac-9 is going to be like right now with uh, the TV deal being presented to the presidents of the universities uh, earlier today. And I know Arizona had a uh, Board of Regents meeting that might still be going on right now. What do you think about uh, the conference realignment talk happening, especially out west? Well, it's just a, a wheel that just keeps on spinning, right? And, and you mentioned the MAC. Um, the, the rumor was, and, and a pretty trustworthy rumor, um, that it was Western Kentucky and Middle Tennessee coming into the MAC, and Middle Tennessee was the one that held that up. And they were basically tied together. And I think they would have been the right size, uh, right makeup sort of programs to join the league. Right distance as well. I remember hearing an interview with uh, with the MAC commissioner about how he talked about how he he enjoys being a bus league, and he thinks it's a, a pride thing. So, right. And, and with that, you're not – you basically bookend – the Nashville market, because you have Western Kentucky, that's what an hour away from Nashville. You've got Middle Tennessee, which is fringe south of Nashville, and so you you create that as a as a, a, a place in the MAC footprint. And you're right, but but it's the traditions of the other sports that they play, and particularly Western Kentucky from a basketball standpoint. I mean, they, they love them some topper basketball, and football has come along, and and they very well could win Conference USA this year. So I think they would have been the right size and, and right sort of um, makeup for the league. But to your point on the rest of, of realignment, it, it's more than just football. You, you have to take a look at the, at the programs that are joined together, and you're talking about from state government, not just from the university leadership. So the state of Oregon, what's going to happen with the University of Oregon and Oregon State University, um, is the state going to step in and say you've got to, you've got to hang together? Um, Stanford and Cal, they're basically joined together. Um, 
but there's endowments to think about. There's there's non-football to think about. So there's a lot to it here, and you can't have a knee-jerk reaction based on a conference's ability or inability to have a lucrative TV deal. Because UCLA and USC are a part of the Big Ten, they have decided, well, the costs are going to be uh, overshadowed by the the basically the attention that they're going to get, right? Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot to that. Can everybody play that cross-country game? I, I don't know. I, we had mentioned off-air about the Mountain West and the Pac-12, Pac-10, Pac-9, whatever, joining up together. Um, so who's going to be on the outside looking in? Just because Colorado left doesn't mean that the Pac-12 is going away because you still have programs in media markets that could keep it going. San Diego State is a Power 5 program in a Power 5 media market. Utah is a Power 5 program in a Power 5 media market. So, all that's to say, I don't know. Where is it going to go? We'll find out. But I, I don't think that the Pac-12 is just going to shrink away and die. I, I, I don't believe that's going to happen. It'll be real interesting to see, and uh, I'm sure we'll find out in the next few days as more of the media deal gets released. Uh, from the reports I've seen, uh, a lot of streaming and only about $20 million per school. There's so much that goes into this, uh, from the, the travel costs and recruiting and the budgets and all of this. It's not just a football deal. It's not. It, this involves so many lives in addition to the lives of the people that are associated with the football programs at all of these schools. And that's what you have to think about when you are joining up with the cross-country league. UCLA and USC said yes. We'll see where it goes from their recruiting standpoint in all other sports but football. And, and we'll see how it all plays out. We'll look back on this period 10, 15 years from now, and, and we'll, we'll make the judgment then as to if this was the right move or not. But from a Max standpoint, the Max is solid as it gets. Now, you could also talk about reclassification and all that other stuff. Are you are you playing on the same level as all these other schools? That's a conversation for another day. But right now, we're going into a season. We're excited to broadcast in San Diego. We're going to have a whole lot of fun, and, and uh, hopefully a whole lot of fans enjoy our coverage this year. Absolutely, and that coverage will be on Pure Rock 105, our sp- sister station. Russ, thanks for coming in. When we come back, we're going to have talk MLB trade deadline. I'm pretty sure most of the trades have come in at this point, 30 minutes after the deadline. Myself and Jake Amato break them down here on The Sports Fan, presented by J&K Contracting. After a summer of declining donations, the American Red Cross needs the public's help to prevent a blood shortage. Right now, the Red Cross especially needs typo negative, typo positive, and type B negative blood donors, as well as platelet donors. Donors of all blood types can schedule an appointment to give by downloading the Red Cross Blood Donor app, visiting redcrossblood.org, or calling 1-800-RED-CROSS. The Red Cross is teaming up with Warner Brothers for the theatrical release of Meg 2 The Trench to celebrate a summer of sharks and help stave off a summer blood and platelet shortage. All who come to give through August 12th will be automatically entered for a chance to win a three-night New York getaway for two with a private shark dive adventure at Long Island Aquarium. Those who come to give throughout the month of August will also get a $10 e-gift card to a movie merchant of their choice. Details are available at redcrossblood.org movie. Upcoming blood donation opportunities 
opportunities throughout the month of August are occurring in Athens and the Plains. From Gruzer Realty and Building, it's Larry Conrath, the only Larry Conrath in real estate. Larry Conrath, he sells houses. Larry Conrath, he sells houses. Larry Conrath, he sells houses, farms and acreage too. For the only Larry Conrath in real estate, please call 5913015. 5913015. What was that number? It's 5913015. Call the only Larry Conrath in real estate. 5913015. When will the danger become crystal clear? When you read another statistic? When it happens to your neighbor? When your family is shattered? When will you finally take action? Don't let another family's life fall to pieces due to the dangers of unsafe railroad crossings. Report bad railroad crossings at angelsontrack.org. That's angelsontrack.org. Because bad crossings kill good drivers. Sponsored by Angels on Track, aired by OAB and the station. Now, for more of the Sports Fan on 970 WATH. That's been the sound of the phone lines all around the MLB. About the last, uh, well, last week or so, but especially in the last few hours. Another trade uh, coming in after the show started. This one came in about uh, 20 minutes after the trade deadline. Josh Bell is a Miami Marlin. He is no longer a Cleveland Guardian for Gene Segura and Khalil Watson. And uh, Mr. Mata, you are rejoicing. I am. I'm, I'm honestly happy about this. Uh, the first thing, before we even dive into that trade, uh, a lot of people are upset the Guardians haven't traded for an outfielder. And I'm not one of them. And, and here's why. Because honestly, I, I, was, I was looking into it while awaiting to come on the show. We have not given time for any of our young outfielders to develop, which is what we have right now. Stephen Kwan is is solid, and he's been good. He was good last year, and he's been solid this year. If we would have kept Will Benson, Nolan Jones, they would have been first and second in WRC+, plus, which is uh, the runs created plus. So, I don't hate the fact that we haven't traded for an outfielder it's weighted runs created plus that's what the w stands for but yeah we, we just don't give him time to develop but for josh bell who has not been good this year we pull gene segura who also has not been great he hasn't been good in miami he's played uh just above 80 games i believe this season i haven't pulled up yeah he's just up above 80 games uh 85 Eh, I mean, he's he's batting 219 with a uh, 566 OPS. It's not good. No. You know, sometimes relocation works. He's 33. Maybe he contributes in the next few years. Maybe he doesn't. Fine. Whatever. Josh Bell wasn't good. I'll take a chance. But Khalil Watson, I'll, I'll take this because this was a 2021 first-round pick for the Marlins. He went 16th. He's out of Wake Forest. Career-wise, in the MILB, He's batting 234 with 19 home runs, 76 RBI, and a 743 OPS. So, again, even if he doesn't pan out, and he's a shortstop. He's a, he's a middle infield prospect, which, I mean, obviously we've traded for a lot of infielders here. Hopefully some of the infielders that we have work out now, 
that we're putting in the infield since we've traded Josh Bell now. Uh, and Ahmed Rosario, so that opens up some playing time for Arias and Will Brennan. Hopefully one of them works out and becomes good. But again, even if neither of these guys work out, which I'm, I'm excited about Khalil Watson, I hope I'll see him in Cleveland one day. Because I, I happily will take a 2021 16th overall pick in the MLB draft for Josh Bell any day of the week. So this, this is a good trade in my opinion, because if we didn't trade Josh now, we were just going to trade him in the winter. Because we already have... Uh, Manzaro, who we traded for, who looks solid, uh, just stats-wise. So hopefully he'll be good uh, come next year when he might get to see the field. But he'll be uh, splitting time with Naylor like Josh Bell was. So uh, hopefully he could be a little bit better than Josh Bell, which really shouldn't be that hard. A few other trades coming in after the deadline. The Padres acquired uh, right-handed reliever Scott Barlow from the Kansas City Royals. The Red Sox acquired infielder Luis Urias from the Milwaukee Brewers. I don't quite get that trade. Um, we talked about the Jack Flattery trade uh, from the the Orioles. That was a good Picked trade. him up uh, from the Cardinals. The key name is the name that is not traded. Dylan Cease. Mm-hmm. He remains a White Sox. And I think that the only team at that deadline that was going to get him were the Reds. And the Reds went, no. Look, no, we don't we don't need to do it. The price was too high. Because, you know, looking at it, the Reds patchwork, the Reds patchwork uh, rotation has honestly worked really well. Abbott got roughed up yesterday. We're blaming that on you, by the way. Uh, I called one right and one wrong, man. Yeah, I, you, I, you I did get I, Stroman at least. I somehow yeah. jinxed Abbott but didn't jinx Stroman. I, I don't understand. Uh, jinxing maybe is an enigma. Pro- maybe it's a proximity thing. <laughs> I just jinx the team that's closer. That's why it's always the Maybe, the maybe. It worked uh, out. It worked out. Absolutely. But I will say this with it. Um, I'm all right with it. The only, the only pitcher... In uh, the Reds rotation right now, that is like we need to get him off the team, is Luke Weaver. And we only have three weeks. There's only like three more starts by Luke Weaver before we get Hunter Green back and then Nick Lodolo back. I, I, I don't mind the Reds not going for Dylan Cease, especially if I guarantee you the price for that trade was either Christian Encarnacion Strand or Cam Collier. And neither of those guys are up for sale. They're just not. So I'm okay with what the Reds did. They got a really good left-handed reliever. I don't know if you saw the split stats on Mole. He shut down against lefties. So that's a big, big, that's a big deal. Um, I think one of the more surprising things from this trade deadline, though, is... uh, Tigers pitcher Eduardo Rodriguez putting his no-trade clause on uh, for the Dodgers. That's surprising to me. I would not expect the Dodgers to be a team that uh, got declined on a trade. But we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to break down the biggest trade of the day, and that is the Justin Verlander trade as the Mets blow it up, and we're going to laugh at Lowell Mets. Uh, but before that, uh, we got a special announcement to make. Uh, we're going on location on Thursday, August 10th. 
Join us on August 10th for Sports Fan on Location from the Jamboree football scrimmage between Athens and Tremble. Tune in as we preview the high school football season and interview various coaches from both schools. It's Sports Fan on Location, live from the Jamboree, August 10th at 7 p.m. on WATH. Hi, I'm Kim. And this is Ruth. Please join us every Wednesday morning on 970 WATH to make it happen. It's the Kim and Ruth Show. Well, it's probably not, it's the, not Kim the Kim and Ruth, Ruth Show. show. It's really... Tune in to Make It Happen with Kim and Ruth every Wednesday morning at 10.06. And we'll spend time talking about health and wellness topics and all aspects of healthy living. But we know that you're the real expert in your health, so let us help you make it happen. Wednesday morning on 970 WATH to make it happen. Robotic technology. Minimally invasive procedures. Custom joint replacement. And 3D imaging. These are advanced surgical procedures available at Holzer. Our game-changing advancements provide quality outcomes, which means you return to living your life sooner. With Mako and DaVinci Robotics, we are taking surgical care to the next level. Think Holzer first. Voting. It's more than just a right, it's a responsibility. A freedom that many have fought and died to protect. This August 8th, there is an important election and we need you to make your voice heard. Polls will be open on Election Day, and early in-person and absentee voting is available right now. No matter which method you choose, you can be confident that your vote is secure and your voice will be heard. Go to VoteOhio.gov to learn more. Sponsored by the Ohio Secretary of State's Office. Aired by OAB and this station. You're listening to The Sports Fan on 970 WATH. Tell you what, you know what's uh, probably being kicked a lot right now in New York, especially in Bronx? Trash cans. <laughs> uh, the New York Yankees made only one trade. Uh, they required right-handed reliever Kenyon Middleton uh, from the Chicago White Sox. And <laughs> uh, everyone is wondering what uh, Brian Cashman is doing. And it is... Uh, uh, they're not happy. They're not happy in the slightest. Let's just no. leave it at that. Um, yeah, half of the half of the timeline is like the Yankees did something, and uh, the other half of the timeline is why why did the Yankees do something? We're so bad. Uh, maybe tomorrow we'll get on resident uh, New York Yankee expert Ethan Sargent and lament his Yankees. Well, I revel in the, uh, I, I will revel in that. Uh, also, uh, on that Gene Segura trade, he has been cut immediately. Yeah, he's, he's released before even reporting, which, again, is fine because he hasn't been great. And will he see time in the infield over our young infielders? Probably not. So they're doing exactly what I've asked. Please let the young guys develop. Would we have played Gene Segura and I would have been okay with it? Yeah, for a little bit. Maybe he turns, you know, maybe he becomes good. But I'm I'm happy with the shortstop prospect, to be honest with you, because we are loaded with infield prospects. I can promise you that. Hopefully, one of them has to be good statistically, right? If you just trade for enough of them, one of them will be good. Absolutely. <laughs> um, the big... The big trade of the day was Justin Verlander going back to Houston. 
uh, know nothing about that. Um, and the return is outfielders Drew Gilbert and uh, Ryan Clifford. They're both minor league outfielders. Uh, they're coming in on the Mets. But the funniest thing about this trade is not what the Mets return, but what they are sending along with Verlander in this trade. $54 million! <laughs> I wonder. I, I am about to browse the internet for Frank the Tank's perspective on the Mets. Low Mets is eternal! My goodness. He can't be happy. They're giving $90 million. $90 million. This does not look like the face of a happy man. He looks like he's been crying. (laughs) Turn the sound on. Oh, that does not look like the face of a happy man. For two pitchers that pitched for the Mets for maybe a year and a half, they signed Scherzer last year, right? Yes. So a year and a half of two, albeit great pitchers, but towards the end of their career, they paid, they're going to pay $90 million for them to play for other teams. It's ridiculous. <laughs> like, I, I don't know why they're doing that. And it, one of them was for a one, one-to-one trade. Albeit it's Ronald Acuna's brother, but still. <laughs> it is it is hilarious to watch the Mets. The Mets will Mets. Mets. Yeah. Pretty exciting trade deadline, honestly. Yeah. A lot. I mean, I know usually you get a couple moves here and there right before the deadline, but I feel we had like six or seven trades within the last hour of the deadline. And there were some big trades throughout the afternoon. You had about three or four each hour. Uh, I mean, like, let's let's just go through Jeff Passan's Twitter uh, since one o'clock. I did see him tweeting that he would need some aspirin or a leave, whatever he said. Tylenol. Yeah. He got paid by Tylenol. Uh-huh. Um, all right. It started... Uh, 105, uh, Padres finalizing a trade for Rich Hill and G-Man Choi. Uh, then the Blue Jays got Paul DeJong from the Cardinals. Uh, the Astros-Verlander deal, that was the big one. Uh, the Phillies got Michael Lorenzen. The Aguado-Rodriguez trade didn't happen. The Rangers got Austin Hedges. By the way, that that's funny in itself. The Pirates found value for Austin Hedges. Yeah. Anything's That's surprising. Possible, Anything's possible. I don't know. Let's see who they got back. Uh, uh, they got... Where is that trade? Uh, international bonus pool money. Mm. <laughs> mm. So they didn't really get anything. Man, I love me some international bonus pool money. Can't oh, yeah. for that check to come in. Uh, but, yeah, no. I- I've seen a few people on Red's Twitter complain about Jack Flaherty going to the Orioles and them not getting uh, – the Reds not getting Flaherty. And I, I, I implore upon those fans to ask this simple question. Would you trade any player to the St. Louis Cardinals? 
The answer should be a resounding no. So obviously they're not going to do the same to us. Like, no. that That's just not happening. Uh, so, yeah. Tommy Pham is a Diamondback. That's interesting, to be honest. Probably a depth piece, but... It is a interesting one for certain. Uh, a great day, though, uh, on the trade deadline. I want to quickly, once again, circle back to uh, Maul. Sam Maul, the new, uh, the Reds' new uh, reliever. And obviously, the Reds have needed somebody in the bullpen uh, for a while. But in his last few starts, solid. Gave up an earned run in one of them. Um, two strikeouts in his last appearance. But let's look at his splits. Because his splits are the one that uh, are the most interesting. Right-handed batters. Yeah, two point, uh, you know, 276 batting average against... Um, 14 runs given up, 21 hits. Only given up one home run the entire year. Uh, strikeout. He's only, you know, he's given up. He's given up, uh, 1.4 strikeouts per, uh, what is that? Strikeout per W? What would that be? Ah, uh, the W is going to be something silly. Uh, oh, strikeout per walk. Yep. <laughs> that brain, yeah, that, that would be... brain dead moment. Yeah. Um, but he has a 6.25 strikeout per walk to uh, left-handed pitching, or left-handed batters. And, uh, you know, that's... That's good. Yeah. He... He is really good against left-handers, and that's something the Reds have been missing. Uh, they haven't had a good left-on-left option. So that is a great, great thing for the Reds to grab. We're going to take our final time out. When we come back, we'll, we'll uh, keep talking a bit about the trade deadline here on The Sports Fan, presented by JNK Contracting. Total Media Radio's Pure Rock 98.7 WYRO and Pure Rock 105 XTQFM proudly present the Rent to Own Homegrown Happy Hour with Ben Davis Jr. Live from the porch at Raleigh Smokehouse in Jackson. Rent to Own Homegrown Happy Hour with Ben Davis Jr. continues this Thursday night featuring the Americana folk sounds of Gallia County's own Nolan Collins. And they say, get a rope and find a tree, devil. If you're looking for a great evening out, come join us on the porch at Rowdy's and be a part of the musical journey while enjoying a great Rowdy Smokehouse dinner. And of course, it's happy hour, so Rowdy's will have some great drink specials too. Rent to Own Homegrown Happy Hour with Ben Davis Jr. is presented this week by Edward Jones Financial Advisor Chad Niddle, helping you reach your financial goals with confidence. Only on Pure Rock 98.7 WYRO, Pure Rock 105 XTQ FM, and around the world on the Total Media Radio app. 
You deserve the peace of mind that comes with affordable health insurance. Get Covered Ohio can help at no charge. Financial assistance is available and coverage is more affordable than ever. Some health insurance plans are as low as $10 or less a month. Don't wait. Open enrollment ends January 15th. Make your free appointment today by calling 833-628-4467 or visit getcoveredohio.org. This message is supported by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, but does not necessarily represent the official views of the U.S. government. Sponsored by the Ohio Association of Food Banks, aired by the OAB and this station. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call. J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. Local teams, local opinions, the sports fan on 970 WATH. This is the sports fan. We'll get to our surefire hot picks in a minute. But, you know, just to wrap up our talk about the trade deadline, how would you describe this trade deadline in just a few words, Mata? I think wild is a really good way of describing this one. We, like we talked about, at least for the last couple of days, a lot of weird one-on-one trades that you don't see very often. Wild, weird, and wonderful. Those are the three words I'm going to give you. It was a lot of fun. A lot of fun to watch. I'll say this. I, I really think that we're going to see a lot of... Uh, I, I think we're going to see quite a bit of just... Uh, benefit out of these trades because I, I think you know there were a few big moves mostly from the Mets Scherzer and Verlander were the two biggest names to be moved Flaherty's pretty big as well but outside of that there's not that much and but on, on the surface but I think there's a lot of moves that we're going to look back and we're going to go that was a huge trade because it's somebody who isn't that big of a name but is going to come up clutch and I think Josh Bell could very well be one of those uh, players that ends up being like that. Very well could be. Uh, Tommy Pham, maybe, as well. There's quite a few of these uh, players that they might be able to come up clutch in the end of these moments, like Paul DeJong to the, uh, to the Blue Jays. But I think a lot of the moves were just shoring up places where there were a little bit of weakness and nothing going after the big big star names because i don't even know really outside of the pitching market who was available for the big big names so it's still pretty interesting uh to see it's time for our surefire hot picks mata i'll let you go first well, I don't. I tell you right now, I don't like any money lines. But uh, the Padres and Rockies are playing at Coors Field. I realize that they've got the over under at this game at twelve and a half. I don't think it's going to get there. I think they're blowing this one out of proportion. I'm going to take the under. I could see it going like six to four. You know, maybe a couple blasts here and there, but twelve and a half. That's that's a lot for a baseball game in Coors Field. The Rockies uh, throwing a guy with a sub four ERA, and the Padres are starting with an opener. So 12, 12 runs was it? Twelve and a half. Twelve and a half. Ooh, that so half gotta, is important. It is. Uh, eh. I'm just gonna go Reds. Fair. I th- I think the Reds they're on a hot streak. Give me the Reds money line. 
and you can blame me if they lose. <laughs> I'll, you took them yesterday, and they did win, so mm-hmm. maybe you're not that big of a jinx. Uh, meanwhile, the uh, Braves lost yesterday, so uh, I'm back to I'm back to even 500 on my surefire hot picks. Mm. Ick, that's not great. Uh, uh, for reference, Mata's 20, 22, and 2. So, yeah. Finally starting to claw my way back. Yep. Uh, speaking of clawing, I had a reminder on my calendar today uh, to check up on your girlfriend's guinea pig. I, I think I, uh, I visited about like six weeks ago, and I set an over-under for six weeks on whether that thing is still alive is the guinea pig still alive uh, to my knowledge yes it is it is currently back back home with her grandma i believe yes her grandma's taking care of it while she vacations around the entire western part of the country so Man. yeah as far as i know it it has survived that is honestly so surprising I- Yep. I, I I would not have expected that. Then again, I've really only ever se- I've only seen it once uh, since I almost scared it to death uh, the last like one of the last times I saw it. So uh, I guess I shouldn't be that surprised. Maybe if I visited a few more times, it would have hit. I do I do have one quick question for you, Carl. Uh, I know you pay attention to Twitter a lot, but did you see what Barstool tweeted out about Dan Campbell 19 hours ago? I think I scrolled past it, saw it, and just kind of kept scrolling. What was it? Bro wants a real lion on the side. Oh, yeah! <laughs> we, I know we've got like 45 seconds, but can we quickly touch on it? <laughs> hey, I mean, it's still so different than like Mike. Mike the Tiger at LSU. He loves football so much. <laughs> What's a live lion on the sidelines? Can you imagine? I want to see that lion take on Bevo like Yuga did a few years ago. I think if the the lions win, Dan has to wrestle the lion. I think Dan Dan will win. (laughs) Dan, you haven't seen it. It's turned him into a lion tamer. Oh, good lord. (laughs) Uh, We'll have a sports fan tomorrow as well. Uh, Myself and Jake Amata. You know what? We're going to try to get Ethan Sarge under the line and complain about his Yankees. That'll be tomorrow, 6.06 on WATH.